You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. It's such an honour to be up here with you and to share the Word of God. I never take it lightly. It's a privilege. And it's, it's, it, it always shocks me because I feel like I'm just the donkey. I'm the donkey that Jesus said, hey, I'll pick you. And so... You're going to hear from a donkey today, and we're going to continue with our Dress for the Kingdom series. Some of you have been with us, and some of you haven't. And we, so I'll explain a little bit and just give you an overview of what we've been talking about in the last few weeks in this series. So we're in a series called Dress for the Kingdom. And we've been looking at what we're called to be dressed in as sons and daughters of the King. Like, what does God call us to be dressed in? for our identity and for our impact. What's the clothing we've been called to wear? So let me just quickly recap the last few weeks. We've been looking at being dressed in our identity. We started with identity clothes. So garments of salvation, robes of righteousness, clothed in humility, such an important one. Robes of purity and holiness. And last week, Matt actually talked about the armor of God. Who was here for that one? Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Powerful stuff. There has been a progression in the series, like I said, from identity to effectiveness, to impact. And they're always intertwined. Our identity is always connected to our purpose. Effectiveness and impact in the kingdom always flows from identity, always. It has to come from that place. I want to propose to you this morning that effectiveness and impact actually always flows from your proximity to Jesus. How close are you to Jesus? So Matt started this series with this question, who are you dressed in? Who are you wearing? And he he kind of took that from all the celebrities who walk the red carpet and they get asked, you know, well, who are you wearing? And they they get to show off their, their costume, their gown. Who are we dressed in as the body of Christ? Who are we dressed in? What does Jesus see when he looks at us? What do do the angels see? What does the enemy see? After Jesus gave the Great Commission, if you don't know what the Great Commission is, I'll actually unpack that a little bit later. Well, I might not unpack it, but I'll read the scripture around that. But it was a command that Jesus gave before he left this earth. He had risen from the dead and he actually gave a commission. Actually, he hadn't gone to the cross when he gave this. He he gave this because he knew he was going. And it's a commission that he gave us. Um, he, He said to his disciples at the time, he commanded them, don't leave. Like, this is what I'm asking you to do. I want you to go and preach the gospel. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cleanse the lepers. You're going to set people free from demons. But he said, but wait, I don't want you to go until you're clothed with power from on high. Paul said it this morning. I'm talking to you about being dressed or clothed with power from on high. He said, don't leave home without your Holy Spirit clothes on. In fact, stay wrapped in them 24-7. We're going to unpack what that looks like today. So you good? You're all good out there? Awake? Yeah, good. Amazing. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome. 
you are so welcome here. You are the promise of the Father. You are the gift from heaven. You are God, the Holy Spirit. The fullness of Jesus and the Father live in Holy Spirit. And so you are welcome here. I ask that you'd, you'd just come and rest on us. You'd come and transform us. You'd create a hunger in us to be more in love with and more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Anoint what comes out of my mouth. Breathe on it that they'd be more than words. That Jesus would get the glory this morning. Amen. Amen. How often do we settle for looking good on the outside? You know, in our Western, especially Western society, we're very, we're very, I'm not saying vain, we're, we're, we're Hollywood, we're kind of, we've been you know, uh, transformed, like, like we want to be like what we see out there. We want to look good. We want to look good. And some of you will say, no, I don't. And, and I honestly, I would say that too. And yet, you want to look good because we identify one another by what we wear, by what we look like. And we kind of make these quick judgments by who we're looking at. It doesn't mean we're, we're being mean. We're just assessing by the outfits that we see and the look that we see that people have. And we identify people by a certain look. Oh, that's so-and-so, and they always wear such-and-such. Oh, I really love that outfit. That looks amazing. Look at those shoes. Like, we're, we're always looking at the outside. And it's okay to want to look good. But Jesus didn't just come to make us look good on the outside. He doesn't just look at the outside. In fact, he, he looks way past the outside and looks straight into our hearts. One of the things he said to the Pharisees was, hey, you look, you're whitewashed tombs. You look like beautiful on the outside. Whitewashed, yet you're dead inside. You've got dead man's bones. He's interested in what's inside. He's interested in our hearts. He wants us to be so full of him. You see, the Holy Spirit comes in us for our sake to transform our identities, to solidify who we are as sons and daughters that we know that we know. But yet he comes upon us for the sake of others. And there's both that's happening. And he's called us to be a people of power. How do we do that unless we are clothed with power by the Holy Spirit himself? 1 Corinthians 4.20, in case you think this is just me talking, this is Bible. Paul says this, the kingdom is not a matter of talk, but of power. You know, sometimes I think we're all talk and very little power. We have a lot to say. We're very intellectual. We're very educated people. We know our stuff. We've got access to everything, really, at our fingertips. If you want to know the latest theological response to something, it's there. We've got it. Yet where's the power? Where's the power? Let me say what this power is for, and then we'll unpack it a little bit more. This power gives us the ability to overcome. Just in case you think, nah, that's not for me. I want this morning to stir your hearts, to stir up your appetite, to say, I'm not happy anymore with being powerless. I'm not happy with this powerless Christianity. I'm not happy with how my life looks in comparison to what I read in the Bible. This power gives us the ability to overcome, to love like Jesus loves. We can't love without this power. To walk in victory, to heal the sick, 
to cast out demons, to raise the dead, like I said, in part of the commission that Jesus gave us. How do we do this? We can only do it being clothed in power. God's power supernaturally takes us from weakness to strength. From knowing, or not knowing, I should say, to knowing. You know that you know that you know, and nothing will rock you. All that he comes and does in us and on us is so that we can be a witness to those who don't know Jesus around us. What you're wearing, what you're dressed in is speaking something to the people around you. It has a language and a life of its own. So who are you dressed in? What are you dressed in this morning? God's power. I said this, but I want to say it again. Takes us from being weak. Some of you might think, but I'm the weakest. I'm I'm afraid. I'm timid. I'm shy. You don't know me. God's power transforms us because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. I'm not a bold person in and of myself. I'm not. I'm actually probably... I grew up very shy, very afraid, afraid of people, afraid of what opinions people had of me. Fear of man was like right up there. And I was afraid of new experiences. I was afraid, and yet I had this desire in me to do stuff, but fear kept me back. And if that's you this morning, it's only the power of the Holy Spirit that can set you free. So fear doesn't have to have a hold on you anymore. Fear is a nasty master. It prophesies things into your future that keep you bound. And I don't know, I think Holy Spirit's on this because this is definitely not part of what I prepared, but he wants to break fear off many of you today. God has not given you a spirit of fear, if you're in him, but of power, love, and soundness of mind. And this morning, if your mind is tormented, he's coming to clothe your mind with his love, with his power, and set you free. You believe that? Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew 28, 18. Here we go. Great commission. Jesus came and told his disciples this. I have been given all authority. If Jesus has been given all authority, that means maybe someone else has none unless we give it to them. Abdicated authority. But Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, because of that authority that Jesus has, he says, because I have authority, now go. Go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My hope today is that as I share with you what Holy Spirit's put on my heart, that you begin to long for the more. That you begin to cry out, Holy Spirit, would you put your clothes on me? Would you empower me? Would you clothe me with power from on high? Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle. The Great Commission came with a great promise. You will be clothed with power from on high. So three things I want to actually unpack this morning related to being clothed with power from on high. Number one, when we're clothed with power from on high, we are qualified and empowered. He qualifies us and empowers us. He qualifies the unqualified. You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to have the right um, education. You don't have to have money. You can have. It doesn't matter to him. He qualifies. 
He looks and he chooses and he qualifies the unqualified. The promise of being clothed with power from on high, which is our power suit. I was imagining a power suit. And I don't mean like a superhero suit, but it it could be that. But I was thinking because the new Barbie movies come out or coming out, and I'm just imagining this amazing, I wish I had it, pink suit, like a power suit. Just rock the power suit. You can imagine whatever you want. (laughs) This wasn't for a select few of the special ones or the the freaky kind of Holy Spirit ones. We're all meant to be Holy Spirit ones because the Holy Spirit is God. God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus went to heaven and he said, wait, I'm sending the promise of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit. Wait for him. Who here has heard of the Met Gala? Yes. Yep. Amy. I was thinking of Amy. Um, Amy and I, my daughter, love to look at, and, and same with the other girls, but Amy and I have sat and looked at page after page after page of the fashion trends at the Met Gala. Um, Big celebrity events. So we like the gorgeous gowns, the weird, the beautiful, the wonderful, the wacky. Some of it's so out there. Some of it's not appropriate. I just, we look through and before we know it, it's like, whoa, 200 costumes. Okay. Um, But the Met Gala is a charity event that is considered, let me just read this, a fundraiser for the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute. That is a mouthful. So what do you think the chances are of being invited to the Met Gala? Pretty, pretty slim, pretty low. Yeah, actually none. There, there's no chance uh, probably that we're, any of us will be invited um, or, or will get to go to the Met Gala. It actually, well, you never know. And you can uh, message me or give me a call and tell me if you do, because that'd be exciting. But it doesn't matter how much money you have. I didn't realize this. So the most rich person in the world, um, Paul and Monica might have billions and billions, and they'll say, well, (laughs) prophesy, prophesy. (laughs) They might have billions and say, well, we want to go and um, come to the Met Gala. Uh, But you can't actually, you don't get to buy a ticket. No one can buy a ticket. It's by invitation only. And what happens is there's a team at Vogue and they look at all the hot, you know, who's it celebrity people in the moment, um, according to, you know, the world and just Hollywood. And, and, you know, it's just actresses, it's musicians, it's models. Um, You can imagine whoever you want um, in that category. So they, what they do is they select all the hot names, the it names, and they send those names as suggestions to fashion houses. And then those fashion houses can invite Paul and Monica to come. <laughs> and they will dress them, right? I want to say, I mean, that's the world's stuff. And, and, you know, but we're talking about being clothed with power from on high. And I want to say this morning that to be clothed with power from on high, the Holy Spirit's not just, um, to, he, he has a, it's not just a, for a select few. Like you don't have to be an it celebrity Christian. You don't have to be something special. The Holy Spirit has put out an invitation for everybody. He's inviting all of us. The invite is there. You're invited. He wants to dress you in his best. The question is, will you accept? Okay, we're going to unpack a scripture here. I'm going to go right back into the Old Testament uh, for this so that you get a picture of what I'm talking about being dressed in the Holy Spirit. Can you turn with me to Judges, if you have a Bible with you, a paper Bible, 
or your Bible online. Otherwise, it will come up on the screens. Judges, we're going to jump a little bit. So chapter 6, I'm going to read uh, verses 1 to 6 so you get a bit of the background of this story. And then we'll jump up to verses 11 to 14 and 34. I'll let you know as I do. And you'll see it on the screens. Thank you. Amazing people at the back there. Okay, so this gives us the backstory um, of Gideon and a time where Israel was really struggling. They were oppressed. They had enemies all around and they were, um, they were, it was seven years of torment and torture. And let's read it. Um, the Bible words it beautifully. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the, the Israelites planted their crops, have a think about this, because we don't live in war. We don't live in a time of war. We don't live in any sort of oppression, really. But have a, imagine what this would feel like to you and your family. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. So we're not even talking about an army, even an army that maybe we even imagine. An earth, like this, this was beyond what we can imagine. Thick as locusts. Imagine the terror. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So they would leave them with nothing. Every year they'd do the same. For seven years this was happening, so they were starving. They were starving a people, and that's what the enemy does. He comes to starve. He comes to kill, steal, destroy. Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites, and then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When that line sort of hit me as I was reading it, I began to sense a sound, a cry that's crying out from the people around us, from the people in your neighborhood, from the people in our city, from the people in this nation. There's a cry, and some of them don't even know it, but there is a collective cry going up to the ears of God, and he's saying, who is going to step in and rescue these people? Who can I come upon that will be a, a witness and the answer to the mess, the hopelessness, the despair the lostness of a people. There's a scripture that says the whole earth groans. Not only the people, but the earth itself is groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Where are they? Let's jump to verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite. Oh, gosh. And his son Gideon, excuse my, um, yeah, English. <laughs> okay, so, oh, sorry, and his son Gideon, so imagine Gideon, this is the angel of the Lord comes, and Gideon is beating wheat in the winepress instead of the threshing floor to hide it and save it from the Midianites. Having read what we've just read, you can understand why, why they needed to hide what they were doing. They needed food. So in this place, the angel of the Lord comes. He appears to him and he says to him, The Lord is with you, O brave man. Or in other versions, it says, O mighty man. Now, bear in mind, he's hiding. In and of ourselves, 
When the world's crying out for help, we have nothing to offer. You know, Gideon ends up saying, why me? Like, I don't, I can't, I, I'm not qualified. I'm the weakest. Like, my tribe, I come from a tribe because they had clans or tribes, and my tribe is actually the weakest of all the tribes. Not only that, I'm the weakest within that tribe, the weakest tribe. Like, I, I, I've got nothing. And to be honest, even in our best, we really got nothing when it's just us. My love is, is good, but it's not good enough. Our goods are good when we go out and we bless people, but it's not good enough. We need more. We need Holy Spirit. Our theology might be good. Our intentions and love and good works are good. I just said that. But the kingdom, remember, in Corinthians, is not a matter of talk, but of power. They need more. They need more. So verse uh, 34, we'll jump down to there. The New King James says it like this. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. The word in the translation, when you unpack that, used for came upon is clothed Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. Remember, we're talking about being clothed. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. In the NLT and ESV, it says it like this. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Literally, the translation is this. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself. It describes a man putting on his clothes, a warrior putting on a suit of armor. It's like putting on a glove, and it could be paraphrased like this, and I'm going to put on a glove, actually, I brought some. Let's get this on. I want you to see the imagery. That's why I brought this. It can be translated like this. Paraphrase, the Spirit of the Lord put Gideon on like a glove. Literally, he came upon him. It's not just being fitted with power, but with presence. You see, this is not just something, this is someone. The Holy Spirit is someone. And when he comes and puts himself upon us, we are clothed with his very presence. We become one with him. Power is him. It's him. If you read the rest of the story, when the Holy Spirit clothed Gideon, he became a different man. He was transformed. He went from fear, hiding, to courageous. Actually, he became such a mighty man of God that he set a whole nation free. Beth, John's, can you come here a minute? Just hold this hand. You can stay there. Hold my hand. So, who's touching Beth right now? Who's touching you? It's not a tree. It's me. Yes, it's it's me. It is me. <laughs> but if we're using the analogy of the Holy Spirit clothing us, like fitting us like a glove, let me just stay there a minute. Okay. There's a oneness that's happening. So it's me, but it's actually him. And it's him, but it's me. 
You get to be the hands and feet of Jesus to touch a world that is desperately in need of him. Beth. (sighs) He's here. He's so here. I just want to say, Beth, that I just saw a fire over you. I see like a fire. It's, it's, and it's an, a furnace. It's like a furnace that's being turned up. Now, you've walked in a measure of fire, but he's turning up the fire. He's turning up the heat. There's more that's coming for you. And his heart is so for you. He is so in love with you. Like he's just like this and not going to let you go. And I felt him say, you don't need someone or something to qualify you and the call that he has on your life. What I saw then was you just kick this door open and I feel this feisty warrior spirit, this fresh fire that's going to bring a feisty warrior spirit on you. We're going to kick open doors that have been closed before and you're going to open up new, new territories and you don't need the approval or the, 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 you don't need someone to do that. Like I feel he's saying, I qualify you, I've called you, I'm turning up the fire, so now go, so now go and there's a new sound that's going to come from you. There's a new sound that he's releasing from you. It's going to be, I see notes like song coming out of your spirit that's going to break open atmospheres and shift atmospheres, but it's not just song. It's the prophetic. There's an increase of the prophetic gifting on your life. And he's it's just, it's going to flow. It's going to flow. It's going to flow. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, let it happen. Even now, begin what you've begun. Begin what you've begun. Start doing it. Dial up the fire. We say, more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. Thank you for everything you've called Beth to. And I thank you that this marks a new day in her walk with you. In your name, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yay, Jesus. Um, give, her a cl- give her a clap. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. He's, he's amazing. He's beautiful. I encourage you to read the rest of, about the story of Gideon. It's powerful. It's powerful. But, you know, if you want to see a move of God, I mean, kind of here it is. Like, here it is. You become the move of God. When you're so full of the Holy Spirit, empowered by His presence, you become the literal move of God. Wherever you go, whatever you step into, even when you're just resting, you are a move of God that is unstoppable when you're clothed with power from on high. See, this, we're still connected. We're still connected. The move of God starts with each one of us being empowered, clothed, full of Him. Okay, number two, I'm going to go through these a little bit quicker. When we're clothed with power from on high, number two, we have exousia, which is authority. Exousia. There are two words we see in the Bible for the word power. It's broken kind of into two, that, that both of them equal. It's like two sides of a coin. Exousia and dunamis, and they're the they're, they're two sides of the same coin. This is power. So let's look at exousia and what this means. Jesus imparts his God-given authority to the 12 disciples in Matthew 10.1. This is what it says. Jesus called his disciples to him, gave them authority, which that word is exousia, 
to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Mark, 12, uh, Mark sorry, 1, 27 says this, He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. People were shocked that this was happening. But now Jesus has commissioned and called us to go do the same thing. I want to tell you a quick story. Um, in 2018, we had an event in Melbourne called Awakening Australia. Quite a few of us went to minister there. I was just so honoured to be part of what Jesus was doing in our city. He was moving powerfully. There was such unity, like the body came together. It wasn't about a ministry, a church name. It was about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The salvations that were happening were incredible. I've never seen people run to the front and want to surrender their life on that scale ever before. Live, I've watched it, but live. Uh, we even had policemen running to the front, hungry for more. And one of the greatest kind of things that, that I loved seeing was actually seeing demons manifesting. Demons don't like the light. Demons know when the power of God is in the place, they can't stand up to it and it rattles them. And so they begin to show up. And many, many people, hundreds, I'm talking hundreds, we're in a big stadium, hundreds of people would be manifesting these demons because the light of God just showed up in power. And it was beautiful. Why do I love it? Because it means people are getting set free. The gospel is alive. Jesus is alive. We should expect people to be set free. Don't be scared. Don't think it's unusual or it's weird. This is Christianity 101. Heal the sick, Jesus said. Cast out demons. Christianity 101, it's for all of us. So I'm at this place um, at Awakening. We're part of the ministry team. And on the last night was like a bomb hit, like Holy Spirit's ministering. People are getting saved. People are getting healed inside, physically. And people were getting set free of, of the demonic and everything's happening all around us. And I was looking, I was on the ministry team, so I was looking for Holy Spirit, who do I pray for? And I'm praying for lots of people, but I was drawn to one lady who was on the ground and she was writhing and she was in agony. And I, I just went to her and I began to, I got down on my knees and began to just say, Holy Spirit, what's happening here? As I'm praying in tongues, I just put my hand there and I said, Holy Spirit, show me what's going on. It's wise to ask the Holy Spirit. He knows. He knows. It was amazing because um, as I asked, and I'm watching this lady, and she's struggling at times to breathe, and she's contorting, and she's in absolute pain. I suddenly saw it. It was like my eyes were opened because I asked. My eyes were opened, and I saw what looked like this big, huge snake wrapped around her torso. It was fat, it was big, and it had wrapped around almost for that death squeeze, like the death kill. Um, so as soon as I saw that, the Holy Spirit said, that's witchcraft, and it's been there a long time. I'm like, okay, amazing, thank you. Now I know what I'm looking at. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I check in with the lady, and I actually say to her, this is what I'm seeing this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. There's a snake around you, and it's actually related to, the, to witchcraft or the occult. And she said to me, yes, 
I was adopted or fostered out as a little girl and adopted, but I, w I came into a family of people who, who are in the occult and they offered me as a sacrifice as a child to Satan. So I'm like, bingo, come on, this is amazing. So I said, okay, this is good because when God reveals, it's to heal. When God reveals, it's to set free. So I'm getting excited. I'm on the right track. So we got her to just say, I break every covenant. I renounce witchcraft. I, I revoke what I was, you know, um, given into. And so just whatever words we used at the time, we just broke that simply. It didn't take long, really simply. And then... I began to take authority over this thing. I said to it, I see you and your time is up. I see you. Your time is up. You get off her in Jesus' name. Let go now. It tried. As soon as I said in Jesus' name and it knew I could see it, it tried one last squeeze because this lady, every, every vein was bulging. Her, she, she looked like she couldn't breathe. Um, and I just stood my ground. I said, don't play those games. You get off now. Now. You have no right or authority. Instantly, the lady suddenly took a deep breath. She relaxed. She wasn't squirming, writhing. Her eyes looked like they had light in them again. She began to cry, but with joy. And she smiled, and she lifted up her hands, and she said, I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. That's the power of our God. That's the power of our God. That's the Holy Spirit. He's amazing. He sets people free. That's exousia, authority. We've been given all authority. This is what every believer is called to do. Every one of us. If you love Jesus, you're full of his spirit. We're called to do this. You got it. Because he's on you, remember? We're one. We're one when he clothes us with power from on high. Matthew 10, 7 to 8 says this, as you go, not when you go, it's not an option, optional extra like, like we have outreach and it's an optional extra. No, as you go, every day, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, like that's how close it is here. He did something. It didn't stop there. He then healed the sick. He cast out demons. Like the kingdom at hand looks like something. It's not just me speaking words, but those words are empowered. They're backed up by the power of the Holy Spirit. He steps up and he steps in. Number three. When we're clothed with power from on high, we're nearly there. We have dunamis, which is the other side of that coin, the exousia, the dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite from. Many of you have heard this. Dunamis power, which is the dynamic, the dynamite, explosive power of God. Luke 24, 49 says this, listen carefully. If Jesus says, listen carefully, then we listen carefully. There's something important. He says, I'm sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. But wait till you are clothed or fully equipped with power from on high. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. On the day of Pentecost, 
All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. You see, the Holy Spirit wasn't the wind, but he came with wind on this occasion. Just so we get that, because he's not a thing. He's not an element. He's not just a force. He's a person. He's God, the Holy Spirit. In this instant, he came with the wind, and the roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire before, appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. No one missed out. If you're hungry, you will not miss out. And they were empowered by the Spirit to speak in other languages. When we're clothed fully with the Holy Spirit, walking in power, engulfed in God, He fits us like that glove, then we can do what He's told us to do. It's not even a question. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed, which is smeared, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You see, He's not just power. He comes with power. He smeared Jesus. If Jesus had to walk smeared in the power of the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? How much more? The same power that was on Jesus is available to us. You know, a police officer can step out in uniform when he's in uniform, so we recognize there's a recognized authority when there's a badge or a uniform. A police officer can step out into traffic that's going and stop traffic. And people generally will listen. They'll stop and they'll obey, generally. <laughs> yeah. Because they have recognized authority. That's exousia. But a police officer can't actually physically stop a car from moving or lift up a car and remove it. But that's dunamis. Like, that's the power that we've been given access to. Authority and power. Authority and dunam is power. Being clothed with power from on high equips us to not only be changed here, but to share, to demonstrate Jesus to those around us, to a world around us. When I'm on the streets sharing, or, or anywhere, sharing Jesus with people, but it happens a lot on the streets, I can tell the shift that comes. You know when you're talking to someone and you're just being friendly and you're trying to share you know, a little bit about why you, you know, I'm a Christian or I'm just out here sharing the love of Jesus or hope with, with people today or what do you know about Jesus? And, you know, you're saying those sort of things. Suddenly I can tell when there's a shift, when he comes, like he's there, He's with me, but it's like he dials it up. He comes. And suddenly I can feel that, but then the look in their eyes tells me they, can t they know something's going on. They're feeling it too. They're looking me in the eye, and they're like, and I feel Jesus just looking through me. And it's, it's, it's not me. It's almost like I'm standing there amazed, but this love that overwhelms me. It could be the dirtiest home, homeless person person on the street, but I don't care. I'll come up close and the love of God begins to pierce through. And, and they look and they'll say things to me like, like often they'll be crying, they'll, they'll start to cry. They'll have tears or they'll, and I'm talking about men and women. They'll say, who are you? I'm like, well, I'm just someone who loves Jesus. Like I've introduced myself. Obviously they're not asking me, who am I? 
They're saying, who, but who are you? And they're looking for that Jesus that's in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Who are you? This is Jesus. They might say, you know, sometimes they say to me, you're, you're, I've had a few people say this, you're, you must be an angel. I think you're an angel, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'm not. But Jesus is amazing. Jesus is the one you're feeling right now. But that's his power that does that. That's his power. I don't want to just go and represent Jesus. I want to go and reveal Jesus. How about we go reveal him in all we say and all we do? Reveal Jesus by who you're clothed in. Remember, the gospel is not a matter of talk, but a power. In these last days, I'm going to wrap it up with this. I believe we're going to see a greater demonstration of the power of God. As darkness increases, so does the light. And so do his people begin to rise up. We need to be a people that will rise up in everything he's called us to be. Everything. You get to be, it's my favorite line he told me once, and I've said it to some of you before, but you get to be fully you, full of him. You be fully you, but be full of him. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. We're going to see ordinary Christians. That's all of us. No superstars. Just everyday believing believers. Clothed in power. Ministering everywhere on the streets. In our neighborhoods. In the highways, the byways like the Bible says. In the grocery stores. In the darkest places on earth. And maybe some of the most influential places on earth. Doors of opportunity are going to open up. And when they do, they must be met with a people who are ready. A people who are clothed with power from on high. Will you be one of them? There's an invitation this morning. Will you be one of them? Will you be one? The book of Acts is still being written. Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit on us and in us, I want to say we're never at a disadvantage ever. It doesn't matter. You might be facing some very real challenges and sicknesses and situations, and I will never undermine that. Jesus cares about that. He'll meet you in those places and walk you through those places. But you're not at a disadvantage. You're not a victim. You have his presence. You have him with you. And there's an invitation for the ongoing empowering of the Holy Spirit was not a one-off. It was be being filled. Keep inviting him to come because he comes and he comes and he comes and he comes. And we need him. We need to be clothed with his presence. We need to rise up, take steps of faith, declare and demonstrate, reveal Jesus and demonstrate the authority and power that's been given to us. As we do, we will see God's kingdom come. He said it to us. Pray this way. Release this way. Kingdom come. Actually, that's how the, the actual language is. Kingdom of God come. It's forceful. It's not a please will you let your kingdom come. It's in the, in the actual translation. Kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. We are enforcers of his kingdom when we're clothed with power from on high. Let it be said of us too. As it did in the book of Acts of the disciples, let it be said of us that these from Melbourne Lights Church, these, those ones, these are they that have turned the world upside down. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.